0: From the Film Society of Lincoln Center, you're listening to The Close-Up. The 55th New York Film Festival is in full swing, with premieres from Richard Linklater, Woody Allen, Greta Gerwig, Lucretia Martel, and many more. In addition to the screenings happening daily, the festival also features a wide array of free talks and special events. One of the highlights so far was our Director's Dialogue featuring collaborators Enya Varda and JR, whose documentary Faces Places had its U.S. premiere in the festival's main slate. NYFF continues through October 15th. For tickets and more information, check out filmlink.org or follow NYFF on Instagram. Let's go now to our HBO Director's Dialogue with Agnes Varda and JR, moderated by programmer Amy Taubin.
1: So, I just want to ask a few questions. Uh, And we're going to keep this really informal. Uh, But, Agnes, have you ever collaborated on a film fully before? This film? Not yet. Not (laughs) yet?
2: Okay. JR is my first partner in, in making a film.
1: And what made you decide you wanted to do that?
2: Well, I didn't decide. It came... In a very strange way, naturally, if I may say so. We met once, because somebody said we should meet, and he came to my place, and the day after.
3: The day after, we st- we, you came to my place the day after, actually. And, and then the third day, the third day we, we, we started walking.
2: So We decided to, to do something together. Just something, which is not very precise.
3: Yeah, we didn't know it would be a film, so actually we... If someone had told us, both of us, we would, you know, be making a film, uh, like we had to work two years on a film, I don't think we would have agreed. We didn't know each other. I don't know if Agnes was a nice lady that, you know, or she would beat me with like a stick of wood. I didn't know. So the fact that we just decided to do a little project, we were like, oh, fine, it's just a little project. And then that little project became you a know, couple of minutes. Then we were like, oh, maybe it's going to be a 20 minutes. Then we, we,
2: we had in mind something that we have together. Oh, yeah. That we really have curious of people. We have empathy for people. Yeah. And they interest us. And you have been doing images of people that you met everywhere in the street. I've uh, been doing, doing documentaries with unknown people, with cleaners, with fishermen, with squatters. And I see that you have done images of people on, y- on your neighborhood, that your friend large. So we had in common to, to like to work with real people.
3: So, you know, that was a good base. Now, in the making of the film, we got to get to know each other. And, and still today. But it's normally, you know, you know someone, you have, you know, you know someone for a couple of years or you met a few times. It didn't happen in that case. And we st- now it's funny that we can look at it two years later, but. Uh, Do you think
2: we know each
3: other now? Oh, I'm starting to know you.
1: Yes, me too. And you know Agnes' cats as well. Yeah,
3: which I'm allergic, by the way. But I, you know, by love uh, for Agnes, I kind of, you know, accepted they would be in the film because anyway, there was no negotiation there, like on many other topics. So. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the, she's you know she's she's open to negotiation to a certain extent.
2: It's not question of negotiation, but we have to agree on whatever we do. And so, when we thought we could the, in this village, we said, okay, then. Then in the village we met people, and we started to think this one could be fine, and we agree on that. We never discuss of the people that we got the same touching feeling with some people. So it did well.
1: Um, one of the things that I've always admired in Anya's films is that she gets people to tell their own stories, and those stories interest her. And that's particularly true in the series of documentaries, in, in, from the gleaners to to this film, but also in some of the short films. People like to talk to you. I mean, you draw them out, and their stories become the stories of your films. And um, I'm I'm very interested in, and JR, you can see from the film, those of you who have seen it, how engaging he is with people he doesn't know at all, and how he gets them to stand there for the camera and have their portraits taken. And it seems to me that that's a talent you share, but not in exactly the same way. Well,
2: also, it's a difference of experience.
3: And size, maybe. (laughs) 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 For the one who noticed, uh, you know.
2: Should I say once and not come back to that? He has complained to complain about me. I'm too small, I'm too old. No, no, that's it.
3: All right, we've covered this.
2: After that fact, we didn't discuss it any longer. That's true. So it is true that I have been, you know, I did a documentary in my suite in 75, just my neighbors, the shopkeepers around me, and I was impressed that maybe I have that face, even when I was younger. People agreed to speak to me. And they feel confident, uh, because I'm not, but, but I think I'm tough. I'm not <laughs> tough with people I meet. I'm just like a, a normal neighbor attitude. And so peop- oh, I love them. Oh, I'm not pushing so much question, but I think that should be conversation and not question-answer. So conversation means that they say something. Sometimes I speak about myself or I speak about my kids or about something so that there is kind of going for back and forth words and then it becomes that I keep what they say I'm not interested in repeating my own stories but it makes them feel that we could speak and then they feel confident and in the film Daguerreau Tip in my street I remember at some point asking them what they dream of and I found out that we think that dream means something, what you dream. but most of the people who know nothing, they think that dream is losing time. So they say, I don't dream, I have no time. The other ones say, no, this is like we lose time. It was so interested that they, they, they said that dream was maybe not speaking, not sleeping. So I learned by people what they understand, which helped me to understand what I don't understand
1: um that film that Agnes is talking about is called uh, Daguerreotypes, in the that's the english translation and it's one of my favorite films of hers and it's shot on her street uh the rue de Guerre, named for the photographer and then 10 years later or 15 years later she made a uh, a follow-up short film about what happened to that street and what happened to the people there and which shops changed hands and are no longer there and they're both together on the DVD in other words if you get by
2: just the same way when I did the Gleaners and I this I did two years later it's called two years later I went back to see the people it was, it's a documentary problem You know, we go we meet people they give themselves to the film they speak then we go to festival, and people say, it's wonderful. And what is wonderful is the people in the screen. And then we are, you know, we are invited in good hotels, and they are still at home, still sometime in the street. So I thought for two years later, I had to go back to these gleaners, try to find them, again, giving them my, my empathy, because I could not steal their life and then just escape. So that's why documentary raises a problem including the film we did together you know do we keep connection with the people we film we try because it cannot be just model and then go home so we kept we keep seeing the docker workers we keep seeing the the old lady from the north
3: yeah but you know in in um, that's also why we 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 got along and we wanted to enlarge the people's faces because uh, I don't come from documentary I've only done one but in my artworks, that's the fact that I come back to the place is the base of it. So I don't go and take photos and never come back. The, fa- the photos are made to be back to the community. They're not made to be anywhere else. So um, when I take any photos somewhere else, I go back to paste it in the place of the people or uh, that have always started my project. So I never had that feeling because of the fact that I build project with communities. And then I started a project where I don't even come and I let the people build their own projects and I send them the prints so that they really decide if they want to be empowered by the art or how and what message they have behind it. And it's interesting because um, that question comes, of course, when you know, you're know you a filmmaker and you document and and um, that was the first time that I was doing it that way. And that's why I felt the balance by also creating project with the people in each place and at the same time uh, working with Agnes on, on telling a story that, uh, you know, started with our curiosity to go in small villages and continued into w- what are we seeing, you know. I wanted to know what she sees through her eyes and and, and she wanted to understand also what was behind my glasses and so we, we got to get to know each other through so that little line that actually um, took us quite a long way.
2: Don't speak about our eyes because you hide your eyes and I have my eyes not too good so we're a pair of bad eye stories, <laughs> but whatever. We see enough for what we wanted to do. And we see, well, because, you know, you need the mind to look, you need the heart. Looking at people is not only an eye problem, I believe so.
1: You know, when I first saw this film, I must have known that it was that you had a camera and you had a camera, but there were many more cameras who were shooting what you did. And the editing in this film is so fluid that you forget that totally. I mean, I forget that behind your cameras there was another camera and another camera. And one of the things that's remarkable about the film is that the just as in Man with a movie camera, the cameraman, the camera woman is being photographed by an invisible camera and it all comes together in the editing. The editing is remarkable. <laughs> um, I have a question. Are we speaking
2: to people who have seen Faces Places? No. No.
1: And how many not, people are going to see it tonight? It's just because And these
2: people are going to see it tonight. No, it's
1: so we because cannot reveal. half and half. So you can't reveal the ending, so no. S- some of our words. Nobody
3: die at the end, don't worry. <laughs> We're all here. It's no, I'm saying. And also, you you know, there's something we can say before you see the film. There's no special effect. There's no uh, what el- There's no uh, a, a suitcase. You know, in every in every movie, there's like a, a weird suitcase, or there's no <laughs> gun, or there's no what else, uh, a monster, or like just so you know, it's it's a
2: no special effect. Yeah,
3: and so. Just to warn you that it's um, it's it's pretty simple.
1: Yeah, but the story twists <laughs> and turns in ways that you don't. It, but the story goes down roads you wouldn't expect it to go down.
2: I'm saying, is it daring today to do no special effect, no violence, no suspense? I mean, that it became daring to do so because you know the world is so violent, so disgusting in a way that it's easy to pick in the life. In real life, some subject, hurting subject, violent, whatever, and we try to escape. Even politics, we never ask the people what were they were voting for. Never. So we don't know. We di- were not interested. We were interested to person to person.
1: That that's true, but one of the things that makes this film so uh, moving is there is a great sense that there still is a working class in France and that there is something like working class solidarity still, which is pretty much vanishing here. Uh, And these people may not vote for the same party, but they do have a sense of pride in being workers, and almost all the people that you talk to are workers with working class pride.
3: Yeah, you know, we we didn't like uh, scout for working class uh, people, but that's uh, who we met on the way in factories or in the docks of Le Havre. Uh For us, we we never see classes. We see people, and then they take and us into their
2: and having no power. People having yeah, no power exactly. in the society.
3: Yeah, we always make sure you know we don't you know we don't uh, interview the mayor or you know people uh, uh, for many. Uh, yeah, the chief of whatever. So we just go for regular people. The mailman must be the most important person we interviewed, uh, which is actually a very important person and <laughs> because uh, the, uh, the relation he have with everybody in, in his uh, community and the fact that uh, um, we blow him up like super big on a building, the truth yes. is in
2: it. It's yeah,
3: three, three floors high, which converted to Agnes' size. It's like 10-floor building. And uh, that's why, she, you know, she it's, always it's told me measure. that it's no, so big.
2: That measure, in you know, like, so people have the measure. He yeah. has my, my yeah. size.
3: And yes, he's one meter, like, three feet. So, like, you multiply that and you get the... That's how we measured everything in the film. But the the thing is, he was... Everybody know him in the village already. So the thing is, we didn't make him famous. Right. It's interesting that, you know, um, uh, no one was looking to be famous in this. It was more playful it was more like how do you look again at your mailman when when this um he's he's explaining in the film that his work is disappearing in a certain way that you know there's less and less mail and people used to invite him and he used to go home with tons of melon and and fruits and stuff from the people and this you know communication and that's just a tiny example to to show how much we are disconnecting ourselves from each other and, and in the film, what we're trying to do through so those giant pasting is actually to reconnect people on a physical way because everything has to be done in a very, you know, uh, old school way. Like we take glue and paper and we paste it on wall and people come and help and and bring a chair or a ladder so we can paste it higher. And it's, it's very uh, basic, but it reconnects people. And what they remember after is not how great was the photo, but the fact that... Uh, to speak with the neighbor they had to meet new people they didn't know and that's what encouraged us to go further and further and also showed in other villages what we've done and the funny thing is when we went back in all those cities to show the film they you know then they saw the whole trip because each of them have only seen their little part in there and um, and you know uh, and yes at the edit uh, which she doing in an incredible ways she she brought it at the edit also you know we We had many ideas and stuff, but then the edit is something that she took the credit for because it's really a a gymnastic of of words and images that that she mastered. And I was really impressed because often sometimes we shot something and we had amazing moments, but I couldn't even see how we would use that. And uh, the, you know.
2: spoke about fluidity, and that's what I work for. Because it cannot be a list of sketches. It has to be like something mysterious. That bring us from one thing to another, like sometimes side ideas or some images or some sound. But we wanted you to be with us, just going from one place to another, not not a list, you know, but but a travelogue, uh, you know, a promenade, uh, something. But when we you speak about the mailman that I love, but you see, we ha- we met these workers in a factory in a. Chimic, chimic.
3: Chemical, chemical factory.
2: Chemical factory. Oh, it's a tough life, you know. It's a tough life of workers. And we thought, can we make a collective portrait of them? And they liked the idea. And we say, let's meet in the morning because they work. You know, some people start at eight, some people start at one, some work at night. So we had to do two tours. And let's come and make a collective image. And they thought on on Joy, he said, let's do this. We asked him, let's do that. I said, put your hand. He said, can you put your hand? And I was impressed that they played played with us. Nobody said, it's ridiculous. Let us, you know, let's just sound like. He said, let's do it better than a school image, where they all sit like this, You know, when they do the class. He said, can you send your arms like this? And then we say, oh, it's lovely, because they seem to meet one group to the other group, they seem that they want to reach it. so the idea of link was our big big idea, link between the people link with us, link with the audience so that it's like can we share the pleasure of meeting people, can we share their life and we are the go-between so their life come to you and we try to say that we didn't make it just charming and lovely like some newspaper started to say, "Gets on my nerves, you know. It's not an exquisite film, it's a documentary. And that because we got along and he puts me down and that's, it's our little number, you know, we do to each other because it makes the film lighter. But the subject is not so light, it's can we meet the people, can we get something of them which is unique, important, then he makes it big with images, And we together make them speak, express themselves, say something that we haven't heard. We learned from these people. We learn about what it is to be the last day of working in the factory. We learn about the old lady that she's supposed to get rid of the house. She's the last one in the street. So it's unique moments, you know, because after the film, she had to leave. come capture something did she
1: have to leave that woman she's
2: gone so just to say that we had the feeling it was precious to film that at that moment because it wouldn't last and even the thing with the tide it's a mythical image you know the tide comes and erases everything but we kept it in the film so it's we had the feeling that we try and capture time because time is going all the time away and so is my life. So is everything in the time, but we try to grab something that we could. Thanks to JR, is fast. he's even faster. I don't know why he, he goes the steps faster than me, but he does.
1: Um, but you know, JR isn't the only photographer in the film. I mean, the things in the film, some of them that are so moving to me is the scene on the beach about Gibordin, uh, your childhood friend when you do the whole blow up of the photograph that you took of him on the beach, one of your first photographs in your show. And là, uh, uh,
3: Guy Bourdin was a of him. It's an well
1: known well Guy Baudin,
2: and he passed away. But when I took this picture he was very young, totally unknown, so was I. And and it was interesting that we when Jeh looked what he could put on that rock that he liked so much, that, b- st- what's that called? It bunker, a
3: bunker. There's, a, there's a bunker that had fallen, you know, that had fallen from the cliff, uh, a bunker from the Second World War that the Germans built, and when the cliff uh, slowly, you know, uh, uh, reducing every year, at some point the bunker, which is a huge block, fell, boom, and uh, like fell exactly on an angle on the beach and stand like that, and it's still like this today. But you
2: were very inspired by that role, yes.
3: Uh, I wanted to do something there for years. Now, I I I was doing you know a lot of uh motorbike in this uh, region, which is not well known. And I kept telling Agnes, I would love to take you there. And she was like, I don't care about your Normandy and your bunker. And so, you know, I right, whatever. And then one day I was there again, and then she's like, Where are you? And I'm like, Oh, I'm you know, I'm this that not in that Normandy and I, I would still love to take you here, and It's like, "But wait, tell me the name of the city, and Normandy is pretty big, and I give her the name of a city close by that's kind of more known, and she said, "Wait,
2: Saint, and then I, I
3: and I say, "Wait, I know that very well, and that's next to. Anglesqueville, which is a tinier, even little village of one street. And she told me, I've been there in 1938 when I was seven. Then I've been there in 1954, yeah, 54, with with Guy Bourdin. And then she also done one of our most famous uh, photographs from Ulysse and a documentary uh, also that followed up on that. So there was all this material. So I took her back there. And then. Can you
2: believe that by chance, the same place that he wanted me to come? I had known it, and I took a picture there. I I think it was miraculous because then, yeah. and then he would put on the rock something I did years before. It became consistent. It became something dealing with our lives, his life and mine, which was we felt it was okay. W- we knew d-
3: we knew there was a lot of place that we had in common but with a different timing. So for example, you know, when we met, we were amazed that, you know, we both went and walked in China or in Cuba. Uh, uh, it's just that she was there when Fidel just took the island. I was there just five years ago. Uh, you know, that's the only like timing difference that we, we had. But um, there was a lot of coincidence in a lot of the places we chose because, you know, there was a connection there. And the one, but Guy Bourdin was amazing, because I actually knew about his work, uh, but Agnès took me in a whole other you know, journey into that, that moment that they had there, um, those photos that they have done, and this homage that we wanted to do with him. But you, yeah. did,
2: you did something very important for me, because I gave you a photo. He was sitting like this, very straight. And then, when you saw the rock, you just turned the photo like this. And suddenly, he was like in a... Comment dire berceau?
3: Um, Aguilera, yeah. Yeah.
2: And suddenly, the souvenir, the memory of Gibbo became like a child that that was rocking. I felt so touched that the image had done, you change it into something which has another meaning, more, more uh, tenderness, more something. I felt so grateful that... We worked together, but you added something. Maybe it's called talent, but but <laughs> it ended up that by the way you post on, decollet, co- a, a pasted pasted. that image, then we could go back and see the big rock, like a, like a big, wow, that it could rest in peace forever. And then the tide came, it, oh, it went. <laughs> so it was ent- a lot of emotion that we went through for different, for different reasons, but ended up with the same reason to do that kind of piece of art that we believe, a lot of work, the people had ladders, it was very dangerous, the tide was coming, and then it became so peaceful and disappeared. I love very much what happened in this film.
1: Me too. I think maybe we need to take some questions from these people. Oh, one thing first. I want you to mention JR. I think people have seen this remarkable blow up photo of the one year old child uh, on the wall, and he's Mexican and he's looking over at the US from the Mexican side. That is a remarkable image. Thank you. Yeah. Ooh. So, this, this is that guy. Um, okay. Questions out here? Comments? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll repeat. Uh, Anya, how does she feel the documentary, or does she feel the documentary offers her a greater creative freedom or a different kind of creative f- freedom than fiction?
2: I felt the same freedom in fiction. When I did, you know, what you call vagabond, which is without truth, without law, I felt that I had to just follow. The energy, the despair, the revolt of that girl. And I filmed totally free. And I did other film with fiction totally free. But the thing is, I really love documentaries because I learn more by listening, by discovering people. I think I do better something using images and sound for sharing knowledge or sharing encounters.
3: Okay, so she want me to cover up when she... So... Um, uh, and me, I've done only one documentary before that. So for me, documentaries were only... And is only a way to capture the moments that are happening around those ephemeral installation. Because uh, for me, the... You know, when you see the image, that's just the, the, the final piece. But the process is the artwork to me, not the final image. So the process of people... Uh, gathering, making the artworks, the, the, the community around it, and then the reactions of the people. Do, that's for me the most interesting and I always documented it, m- m- mainly to do films for museum installation uh, so that people can see how the, you know, when I did the work in Israel-Palestine, how they re- uh, reacted on each side. It's much more interesting than just looking at the photo. Okay. Uh, Jim. What did we learn from each other across generations? Apparently, we have a few difference, and people have noticed. So we (laughs) have to talk about that.
2: Did you notice we have 55 (laughs) years difference? (laughs) No. I learned from you a beautiful energy. When you meet the people and you do these big images, it's like right away making people be bigger than life. And I like the project that you had inside, inside out, in which your idea of having people taking pictures and pasting them you gave the idea. I mean, it happens everywhere in the world. You don't sign the ID. You, d- you didn't make it like a copyright, whatever. I mean, they gave the ID to people that do it. You, you throw an ID that can be used by people for free. And I like so much free things, you know. Images in the street art. I'm not excited because of street art now. I'm getting tired of it. I made a film in 1980 about street art in Los Angeles. and now. It's come in, in more and more and more. Now the street are, is in museum, you know, OK. But <laughs> at the beginning, it was free. It was offering the people free art, out of galleries, giving, giving their possibility to enjoy without having to pay. And we, we love when people don't have to pay. When we took his magical truck that I love so much, and we arrived in a village, and we could say to the people, you can come and take a picture. You will have the enlargement, the poster you can take it home you can keep it with us you can paste it with the other no money to be spent no advertising not nothing like this big show they go you know like big commercial show they go for tv and they have a lot of sponsor nothing you come you come if you wish you take it if you wish and and in some places like the abandoned village we did a picnic we say come enjoy the day they had nothing to pay. They enjoyed. We thought that we could sharing just a day with people we never knew before, and we had a we had a ball that day. I, I think they did also.
3: And uh, and on my side, you know, um, I, there's. I was just realizing that today when I was doing an interview earlier, and the journalist wanted us separately, and. Uh, and so I did, th- th- because we don't do much things separately, you know, <laughs> it's it's funny. We actually, um, in France, we wouldn't do one interview not being together. And then we just, we accepted because one needed to change uh, while the other was changing. So we're like, okay, we'll do that. But I think because it's exactly a little more than two years that we know each other. And in the meantime, we done that film. That, you know, I started not that long ago, pinching myself and starting thinking, wait, am I learning? Am I, I know I'm learning every day, but am I really realizing everything I'm learning? Because it's not like I had the chance to spend two hours with her and I'm going to try to grab as much information from the hours. I spent two and a half years and I hope many more to come. So... Um, every, you know, yeah, she's tired of me already, but I'm, you know, I know her address. I have her phone number and her FaceTime, so I'm not, li- you know, and your Instagram also, so, you know, be <laughs> ready.
2: He told me to do Instagram. <laughs> so I started to do it, but I don't do it every day. I do it like once a week when he posts things. You but know, I, twice I film a her day. every
3: day, so you'll see her on my if, if she do not put. But anyway, what I'm learning is that. Um, you know her constant curiosity and and she's curious about everything always and like like a kid you know and that's something that um, i think it's it's is a is a magical key to stay aware of the world she don't just you know say hello what do you do she say why you do it and how and constantly with everything with everybody and
2: you look like i'm questioning people all the time no 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 i think
3: she's cia but you know she's (laughs) she would make a great agent like an amazing agent
2: they feel it they feel i wish to know i don't have
3: even compliments i give you you have to like correct me can you believe that can I speak freely? We're in America; it's a free country. We can't speak freely, and yes, I told you, there's certain countries where you, you can have that right on me, but here, I'm, I'm you know, people will notice if they show <laughs> that you're directing me.
2: In French, we say "tu exagères." <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Question.
0: Merci pour votre collaboration le film est magnifique vous deux faites toujours des collab- uh, des projets très régionaux et si émouvants uh, qu'est-ce que vous en vos conseils pour des jeunes cinéastes artistes
3: what are our advice for young uh, filmmaker and artist uh, I let you speak as you know I'm I'm still I, I want that advice too actually so.
2: I never give advices I never because what I say is that believe in what you like, filmmakers you like, books you have read, painting you have seen, films that you love, they should feed you, they should give you the desire to express yourself. And you will find in your own, deep deep down, in your own desire of imagination, you will find it. I cannot tell you, do this, do that, because, okay, if you have, a, now everybody has little camera, Little, even on the telephone you can. So it's not question of tool. Finding yourself, if there is some emergency, some desire, something that pushes you to do, and then do it. But there is no advice, you know. This is not something, I don't even believe so much in school because I never went to any school of cinema. I didn't even learn anything. I I went, I listened to teacher in the Sorbonne, to philosophers, to painters, I listen. I try to do my own uh, background of knowledge. But I believe that everybody, if there is imagination, it has to have to have the emergency to do it. Don't do it to say I want to be a filmmaker and so what. Everybody can be a filmmaker. At what point it makes you be the one who does to do that project? It has to be yours, really. Is that an advice? I don't know.
3: <laughs> she, w- I heard you say today, Agnes, that when you before you did your first film, uh, you you've only saw five movies in your life. She
1: said ten to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, why? Wow. So it's
3: changing to depending <laughs> on who she talks depends to.
1: Depends of the day
2: <laughs> of my <laughs> of my memory. But what I know is, I meet young people, students who come and some, comment dire les stagiaires, uh, uh, Yeah, they come to us and they are 22, 23, they have seen hundreds of films. They know everything, I'm so impressed. Mm. They know, you can speak about, Cassavetes you can speak about, Hitchcock you can speak about, you know, Godard or Doyon, they know everything. I, I, I admire that, I must say, I knew nothing. And maybe if I've known five masterpieces, I would not have dared starting, maybe. I started because I was stupid and innocent, so I threw myself in cinema. And then after, I started to think about other films. And Alain René, we did the editing of my first film in 54, 55. He said, you have to go to the Cinemathèque and say, where is that? And he gave me the address. I said, what should I see? First thing he sent me to see, he said, you should see Vampire of Dreyer. So the first thing I saw at the Cinemathèque. Then he made me a list. I started and now I love to see film, but we're speaking about 60 years ago, 70 years. so I didn't come from cinema. I came from loving painting, trying to understand what it meant. Ancient painting, nowadays, at the time, nowadays painting. Reading a lot. I learned a lot. You know, like, I would say, I learned editing from those passes. I learned Writing from Faulkner, the structure of his writing. I learned poetry from Prévert. I learned, because learn, I mean, I appreciate that. I, I made it my my nourishment.
3: Can you say that? Uh, I, the nourriture the, your...
1: your soul.
3: Your... I no. made it no.
1: knowledge. What you can... ate,
3: what she kept eating. Yeah. No,
1: nour- eating. Your diet. Huh?
3: Your diet. <laughs> you yeah. had a diet.
2: And I thought, and then life. Yeah. Everyday life is a beauty. Whatever happens, you can sit in a cafe, just look at people. That's an advice, I would say. Just stay put and look. Look what's happening. Sometimes the natural mise-en-scene of what's happening in front of you, like if you had a frame, don't move from that frame and see what comes in and out. Sometimes, I remember being teaching for a week at calas which is an university of Los Angeles. And I took the, the student with 16-meter camera, three of them. We went in a very big restaurant cafe downtown. And I said, place your camera. So that one was there. They decide, say, make your frame. And I say, no, we have no stock. You don't have to film. Just look through the frame. Stay there one hour. Look what comes in, what comes out. Would you like to film that moment, or maybe you would like to change the lens, or maybe not? Don't move. Just learn to see what comes into the frame. And they were shocked. You said, "We would like to film." I said, "No, you don't need to film. You need to look at, like a cameraman, like a filmmaker." And they were surprised because they came home at the Kalat thing. They say, "I think we learned a lot because we discover so much." that life does a mise-en-scene, come on, dit, mise-en-scene. Mm-hmm. The, Sometimes the, they come in the frame, they stay, they move. I remember taking a picture and say, how beautiful the people put themselves in the frame. Uh, it's the, what Cartier-Bresson loved the, comment he's The fugitive. Yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. fugitive yeah. instant. The decisive yeah. decisive yeah. moment, yeah, oui, in English, yeah. There is one moment, suddenly <laughs> the photo is interesting. And it was not before, it was not after. In filming, it's the same. Uh, we have to learn to observe, to to be attentive to the movement happening. You know, we can go in a normal city, in a harbor, even near the ocean. I'm so excited about the ocean. Just look at the waves, the little waves the movement of life, the movement of, of the shadow, when a shadow comes and, and then goes. I'm very excited about that. It makes my day sometimes just to see a landscape and the shadow passes, and then again, light comes. I think it's a, it's a gift, it's a treat. So I may be innocent about that, but I enjoy things that filmmaker
0: should enjoy. When filming people, do you think they're more interesting with their eyes open or their eyes closed?
2: To do what?
0: <laughs> with closed eyes you mean. With oh, okay. eyes closed or open? Which is more interesting ah, daring.
2: on film. It's daring. Close my eyes, you mean and film?
3: No.
2: Well, I never dared filming a dead person. But I want it. I never dared because it's, this is so intolerable. What is it? Intolerable that they cannot open their eyes. So it becomes interesting to film that as a fact. But you can ask somebody to close their eyes and film it. I don't know. Uh, depends of the moment, the time, the day, the person. And what about you for filming? What do you like? No,
3: I, on building, I actually pasted a few people with eyes closed, but it's uh, uh, often, you know, the the power of the eyes is often, you know, so much stronger that I I haven't done it th- that many times. And sometimes in places, uh, in, especially i in China where they were destroying and ev- uh, evicting people, just having eyes closed in the middle of those ruins, uh, you know, would say so much more. So um, I've done it a, f- a few times and... Um, and yeah it's
2: and you pasted beautiful eyes on train on walls on many places and your and eyes too yes but i must say i'm the only one you pasted my come on orteils.
3: Ah uh, yeah your foot your my, f- your my toes little, my yeah. foot toes yeah
2: um i can't say you pasted eyes of many people but i'm the only one you pasted my toes <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's true we'll train. make a little chain with you that saying on it for
2: train. you you send me to travel on a train with my feet.
3: Yes. Yeah, here. What, what did we learn from each other on this film, and what message we want to give to the audience? Well, I
1: think that was kind of answered. Yeah. yeah? Do you want to elaborate? But I think you've answered that.
3: And also, it's hard to say what message uh, we wanted to pass in that film because it's a journey. I think there's many. There's many we don't even understand ourselves. There's some that we try to, you know, of course, to take you in a certain direction. But at the end, everyone will see this film depending on their own story, their own relation with, uh, you know, s- uh, someone's close to them. Me, it was to my grandmother's. And uh, and I mean, th- that's why it's, I'm actually more curious of what people, how people would, you know, what would what people would take from that film than what we actually took from it
2: we received a lot of of feedback, a lot of answer from the audience so far. And we were very touched that we had done the film with a lot of heart. But it comes back that people so far has re- have received the film. With emotion, they laugh. They, they have sometimes a little emotion. Sometimes they enjoy our number of duo. And sometimes they think it's vaguely ridiculous. But we still go on bringing people as a link to you I mean I think that's what we wanted to do so far the, the feedback is wonderful for us it's, it's like a reward you know I would say no
0: oui. I'm hoping I'll get to see your film tonight because uh, it's not free and it's sold out but I'm wondering I look at the two of you and clearly you're lovers <laughs> <laughs> when, when can we expect you to make babies so we can have the next generation of film
3: <laughs> yeah
2: he said. S- somebody asked me if I'd fall in love with him one day I said no because it's something very precious is a very strong friendship uh, oriented to work together
3: it was friendship it's, at first sight
2: it, but <laughs> yes yes but the the working together is a kind of very lovely feeling and I love it and he has his life I have mine whatever it is but what we do together is really including love for working, but it has nothing to do with... Comment (laughs) ça appelle ce film? Il y avait une vieille dame avec un petit garçon.
0: It's
2: a famous film. Modern, whatever. It's not that. (laughs) And he's not a little boy. He's a grown-up artist. And that's what I like. He kept some... Some use in him, yet, still. <laughs> but also I kept some use in me, for some reason. Oh
3: yeah, you know, wh- whenever I see, like often, I, in Paris I do, uh, you know, uh, electric skateboard, and when you do that for a while, you need to recharge it. So at like 11 o'clock, I mean, I just knock at Anya's door, and then I say, I'm sorry, I know you're the only friend I, that I have a plug that lives on the ground floor, uh, and so he's like, yeah, sure, come in. And I say, oh, by the way, I have three more friends coming. He say, yeah, sure, bring them over. And then <laughs> at midnight, we, ha- we you know, we in her little garden talking about things. And, and then he goes back with his. And then when it's blocked after one it? hour, we go
0: back. What it's, is his skateboard?
3: It's a skateboard, but with the you know, you know he electric. Play, he plays in the streets. D- none of us feel an age difference. We talk and and uh, you know. Uh, it's, it's amazing, I'll never forget this conversation, and same when Agnes come and hang at my studio and um, actually the, the the second day we met, when she came at my studio for the first time, there was a friend of mine uh, uh, named Mos who's a, a, a rapper from here, and who, you know uh, speak very loud and have all these things and theories and stuff and so I was like, oh maybe those two not going to match, and actually the match between them was amazing, and, and, and then I looked at Agnes that I just met the night before and I was like wow she's incredible because you know she's there talking to him about you know stuff she's done about the Black Panthers and this and that and what she sings about him and, and also she don't know she have no clue what's his music but it doesn't matter and, uh, <laughs> and it was amazing that relation so uh, we don't really feel the age difference and uh, um, when it comes to skateboard maybe but you know she's not interested in it anyway
1: <laughs> thank you both thank very you. much And thank you to HBO for their sponsorship of this free event, in case I didn't say that at the beginning. Thank you, thank you.
2: Thank you, you, Amy. I know you for so many years. We spoke cinema for years, and you're still faithful that the cinema you love, I understand, and you understand the cinema I love. Thank you. Thank you.